I just got a direct message from somebody that says, Hello, handsome. That can't be for me. Can you, do you hear this? <laughs> yeah, we heard it. What are you opening up over there? The new Mojo Triple Threat 2. New calling system. Second generation Triple Threat from Mojo. And I'm looking at it. Let's what's, see here. Yeah, what's the, the specs on it? The sound quality that makes a difference. Tone speaker, max volume, 120 decibels. It's got uh, a soft antenna now. 100 proven sounds included. We'll go with the old number one every time. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Features include high quality cone shape for quality sound. Sound quality makes a difference, which is true. If Even if the sounds are loud and they sound like shit, right. they ain't working. Right, built-in Mojo Critter decoy and tripod. Mojo Critter won best decoy eleven years in a row. Convenient decoy top storage and handle. Top magnetically connected. Decoy controlled by remote. Dual sound storage and retrieval system. Plays sounds loaded on his SD card or onboard sounds. Comes with a hundred sounds. Um, load any sounds that aren't protected onto an SD card and play those sounds. Call our so you could call your own. We yep. could come in here with these uh, mm -hmm. uh, podcast mics and record our own sequences on mouth calls, and then remote works up to there? three. Yeah, you can. Remote works up to three hundred and fifty yards. That gives you the ability, obviously. To get That's this. a long shotgun shot. I was going to say, <laughs> we, 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 yeah, but one of the you know, one yeah. of the reasons why you use knee callers is to get the sound away from you when it's windy, right? So you can put it upwind yeah. of you, so the coyotes come in from you. So that's good. The day one of our lazy asses walks 350 yards away, <laughs> put that call out there. I'll... And 35 yards. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And 17 steps, no matter what the wind is. $239 MSRP. That's operates pretty good on, for an e-caller, man. Operates on AA batteries, eight caller, three remote. Not included. Whatever. What? Charging port for rechargeable battery use. Comes with the charger. Pretty sweet. Here. Aesthetically, not too much has changed except those charging. Uh, I just want to hear the, the things on there. The sounds. You want to hear the old number one? Make sure it's yeah. still crucial. You got fifteen AA batteries to get loaded in there. <laughs> oh, I like that. You don't take a screw out of it 11. anymore. Eleven. Oh yeah, that was three yeah, and eight. This one though. Yeah, eight in this. Be looking forward to getting this thing to use. I know. You know, you start getting new stuff in the mail. Right. You get some new ammo in. You get a new rifle in. And still, you can't go out. What we, still what, 85 degrees. What'd we get today? I guess it was yesterday, but new camo. Oh, yeah. You got, I forgot. New camo came in. New clothing from Banded. Thatcha. Mm -hmm. Thatcha. Mm -hmm. Thatcha. Thatcha. It's pronounced Taka. Taka. Old Indian term for. I guess. What? White men camouflage? For. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's an old Aboriginal word for blend in. Really? Really? No, I made that up. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Sounded good. Got him. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. Like that San Diego. Hey, speak like you know what you're talking about, and people will believe Fake you, Fake it till you make it. I didn't know what tribe to pick. I don't know how Aboriginal came to mind. And I could have picked. That actually wouldn't, that wouldn't apply either, because no. I believe that's Australia. It is. And they just put white powder all over themselves or something, and according say, to Crocodile Dundee. And say, the, uh, say it again one more time. What? The... The brand Taka, Taka. Yeah. So the H the, the is phonetic silent. the phonetic spelling Taka. is T A A K A H. Taka. Taka. 
I like it. Taka. 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 It's like a crow. I wonder if we should look at what is the uh, definition. It's got to have some kind of meaning. Oh, you're already looking? He's still on Mojo. Oh. No. Taka, fundamentally built with a sentiment on the ancestral origins of the original hunter-gatherer. Oh. (laughs) Well, adventure, emotional, highly attractive. That's for a boy. I guess that could go for all of us. That's why I got that DM message right when we fired up saying, hello, handsome. You think that's a uh, Ukrainian bot trying to get a couple extra bucks out of me? I don't want to talk politics. Forget I said Ukrainian. Uh, Clay, what were you doing last weekend, last week, Thursday? Did you go to that thing? Archery shoot. Oh, yeah. I I said I didn't want to talk about politics, and here comes politics a little tiny bit. Little tiny bit. Yeah, we did a little fundraiser for Stephanie Phillips, who we've had on the podcast before. Or I did. You guys weren't here, but um, a little fundraiser for her and people get out and meet her. She's traveled 20-something hundred miles this week, going to all the uh, to the rural counties again for like the second or third time. Do they like her out there in rural? Love her. So you guys went to Elko. And again, um, she's running for U.S. Senate. U.S. Senate. Nevada. So she's got a, she, I mean, there's. So got to get through the primary. Got to get through the primary. Then I think have it. But Jim Mershant's in there and Sam Brown's in there and another guy just got in. And mm-hmm. so we'll another see. Vet. I mean, but, but she's doing all the right things. I mean, I don't follow a lot of the candidates, what they're doing, but I don't see them out in the rurals like she is and doing the stuff that she's done. Um, so anyway. Sometimes, uh, I mean, sometimes the, that can hurt you. If you don't spend, I mean, Vegas is what really determines well, she our is state. In Vegas. Right, she so. has a name. She has a business Good. down there, Great. so she spends a lot of her time down there. But she come, you know, goes they to all the girls. Did got she a shoot a bow? And really good, like really good. She was hitting stuff out. We put out targets out to 50, 60 yards, and she was dead eye. And then you did some roping too. Yeah, I had because when she first came here, she <laughs> she we had lunch too, and I was like, "Do you know how to rope?" She said, "No." So I taught her a little bit. So she's we did a little contest of the people that showed up uh, for roping and for um, shooting bows and had a good turnout and it was cool. You know, obviously our kind hunters and had some food, had some drink, shot some bows. Kylie ranch. I heard I saw left-handed left-handed left-handed. What kind of bow she shoot? I didn't even look newer. Like a, yeah, new uh, purple, purple, pink pink or purple highlight camo on it. And, uh, yeah, shot really well. I, mm-hmm. I said, you're like, she goes, I do everything right-handed, everything except shoot. Mm. She was left-handed. I was thinking that when I, I couldn't attend because I was working at the air races, um, but when I saw the invitation, uh, I thought, I have not pulled my bow back since I killed that deer in, what, 2018? Really? I've not shot. I haven't shot. I just, I don't know. I just haven't. Yeah, well, it was a good way to go out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. one hundred ninety-five inch deer. Why? Why go? Why shoot it again until I have a reason to shoot it? <laughs> no, I would like to shoot more. I just don't have the don't have the space. You know, if we could hurry up and get a ranch somewhere. Well, Clay just picked up a little little gift from a friend, and that was my first comment. Was we got to put in for new archery bow, next new year? New bow case. Oh, you got a new bow case? Yeah. From Nora. your friend? Yeah. I want a new bow. 
Really? I don't know why. It just it's like, like new, anything. It's like yeah. New iPhone, I want a new, new motorcycle. IPhone. I want a new bow. I want a new car. New Mojo Triple Threat. Yeah. New, I want a new new woman. That nah. That <laughs> bow's a lot better than you'll ever be. I know. And I've shot it three times. Well, not. Yeah. I've shot it. I've shot it twice. <laughs> well, I've shot it three times yeah. at stuff. I'm a hundred percent. I had a friend years ago. Guy I worked with. Went I just golfing. knocked on wood. Yeah, went golfing at, by himself, and he hooked up with an old man at one of our munis in in town. And uh, they get through seven or eight holes, and it's backed up a bit. They sit on the bench, and he's he's hitting old wood, you know, probably seventies, eighties type clubs, and he starts to shoot the breeze with the old man. Old man seen him play for enough holes, and he's not good. Decent athlete, but not a good golfer at all. You know, yeah, I'm thinking about taking the game a little more serious. Maybe get some new clubs. And the old man laughs at him, looks at him, and says. Those clubs are a lot better than you'll ever be. <laughs> uh, that's what it, my first Harley, you know, I got it and rode it a little bit and took it to the mechanic guy. You know, I said, oh, I want to get this thing all, you know, hopped up. I want it fast. He said, why? You, you can't ride good enough to ride that thing fast. I was like, oh, that kind of hurt my feelings. But smart, you know what I mean? That's how people get killed on motor. You you shouldn't jump on a 1,000cc motorcycle and, and – you know when you don't know how to ride one you shouldn't have a souped up harley if you don't know how to ride one ride it how it is learn every now i could ride anything you want but when i first got it you know he, he was smart to tell me that you know that's that's funny yeah like so, so do you still want a new bow yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 100 <laughs> percent. i'm good enough for that it is funny though like dave stanley shoots a pretty old freaking yep. but at least last time i saw yeah, uh big old cam to cam like yeah 35 inches yeah 37 inch cam to cam. And it's probably killed more things than yeah. any of us will ever get no not that's not true but he kills a lot with it um i just was looking at your new uh money clip we might as well give a nice well, little uh update to that table that's going on out there that's the last thing we talked about you were Last time, what were you on when you did that? I'm trying to think back. I made def- started to work on the inside of the table now. More Last time we talked we were, about we it, you had already started board. working on yeah. that? We were on a practice port. We did a couple of practice pours. To, so I don't we, think they know that, yeah, so you did one practice pour, and I say they, the, the listening audience, you did one practice pour, and it bubbled up, right? So yeah. not terribly, but you but we got some bubbles you didn't want to uh you wouldn't want that to be your finished product so yeah, we figured out what the, mis- the one or two mistakes you made with that one let's make a small recap clint's building this badass mount for his bull that he killed two years ago now thanksgiving morning 21 so gonna be two almost years, two years almost two years yeah yep. um and it's basically a live edge wood table with an epoxy is it epoxy or acrylic epoxy epoxy poured center but not just you'll see them online and stuff you know where they'll just pour like a thick block of that clint's actually taking he's got nevada dirt and rocks and you know foliage and stuff like that and he's laid out this scene basically in the middle of it um i don't want to i won't go into too much detail so you can be impressed when you see it but so basically he's trying to pour this epoxy onto dirt that's what caused those bubbles you think in that first pour is the the pours of the dirt and a, the, bit, a bit of the dirt probably some not a not a good enough seal in it we we tried a different method with a, a different not a resin just a different product and we think we had some air bubbles escape out of that and we did not 
seal the inside live edge part of the wood. So that likely caused the bubbles. You'd be surprised at how much air is inside a you know a piece of wood. Just yeah. every little fine crack that's way back in there is eventually going to make its way out, and that's what happened during. It's a it's a deep pour resin, so it's a it sets up long period of time. I mean, at twelve hours, it's still pretty. It's not liquid, but it's still still pretty pretty pliable so at 24 hours it's mostly cured so you're talking about a, a day day and a half curing process so there's a lot of time for air to escape out of it the probably the more challenging thing about it is the act you know it's going to be a clear pour right and to have everything go right with a clear pour as far as you know a hair a, a piece of grass dust. i mean dust, really anything you know so it's, it's you don't have the tedious. most controlled environment where you're no, doing right. it you know like when they paint cars and stuff they do them in a vacuum booth that yeah. you know it's all it's negative air pressure you don't have dust floating around so i'm talking to my buddy last week about that and so that and i'm i'm gonna do it with the, the final pour so we got one pour so that we can get things set and then when we do the deep pour part to the top um he works for uh, a removal company a hazardous waste removal company mm -hmm. and he's i was telling him about it. he's like i'll bring over my tent we'll set up the tent we'll wear we well, you can go full hazmat suits if you want kind of thing or just at least you know and it'll be a sterile environment and it'll have a a reverse inversion a vacuum, for the air or vacuum yeah. type of thing so it'll be yeah you should sterile do that. inside of there i'm like we'll do it yeah, because yeah, you don't you, you don't want one of your beard hairs to fall off in there, you know, a dog hair to and float just around. During that whole night, you can't. I mean, you can't even if you slept on it, kind of stuff. It's it, there's no way to, to control the environment as far right. as the wind it, the wind blowing through the air conditioning. Someone coming in, on. someone coming yeah. in overnight. Yeah, yeah. So. I was I was in my head before you said that. I was thinking you could almost build a little you know cover out of some wood and just put that clear you know. But that, what you want to be careful with that is the heat. heat. So the I was resin, just going to say, yeah, it's the got, chemical you gotta, reaction. You got to be careful with how, yeah. even with same with your vacuum. About. But tent? good with that because it'll at least at least be pulling that air, so there will be some. You air want it to cool off, but not cool off too fast, or what? What, no, what do you, you, you want? It to, you don't want it to overheat. Oh, you don't want it to overheat. overheat. So you, you're better off pouring. It can also be too cold. You know, the resin will tell you. Every resin, I'm sure, is a little bit different. Deep pour versus tabletop and all that. They have a, a It says right on there, a the range. ideal storing temperature and the ideal pour temperature. And 70 degrees is pretty ideal. So, you know, you put it in a hot garage, it's just going to cure too fast. And you're not necessarily bubbles, but it's going to crack. It's not going to really set right. It won't be hard. It won't be strong it won't be strong and it won't on here give the time to let the air out yeah. so right. it'll start curing too fast and heat's, and heat's your enemy they say you know you can use heat like like when you when you mix it you try not to introduce air into it so you a bunch of bubbles come up to the surface and you can you just give it a quick blowtorch kind of a heat just to knock those bubbles down but you you want the heat to slowly slowly build up gradually so it cures right but you're doing one more mid pour not your next pour is not going to be the full thing nope yeah, it's you're probably the next. The, probably the next two won't yeah. be the full thing, but yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's 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 um we definitely got it sealed. It's I mean it's it's ready to go. We got the base ready to go. We got the scene working. I'll be done with the scene this week, and so hopefully we'll be done pouring it in the next two three weeks. And are you? We're sitting here in this studio. I see three Jack Daniels barrels. Are you using these, or you got different ones coming? What are you doing for that? We're working on that, uh -huh. but yeah, we got we got a few at least to to, to use as as demos, so we can because you're gonna have to put that table on top of the barrels. You're gonna have to secure it with some, you know, some metal fabrication, and you know, 
all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Uncle Mel's going to need to come out. And you ought to get on your little wood burning tool, man, and throw down on those barrels too. Yeah. What on the outside? Yeah. Maybe at least on the actual table, on the top of the table before you seal it. That might be might want to put something there. Yeah. But yeah, I th- I thought that was a pretty unique idea on the putting the date in it and kind of what it did on the road. Oh yeah, we'll, so we'll we'll save that for the no, future, they, it, it already got posted. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't see it. I was gonna say so. Where'd you find that petroglyph? <laughs> so I so I uh, I had an idea of you know what's what do you see out in the Nevada desert or you know in Nevada or pretty don't much tell everything that's anything, going in that but, table. You know that kind of idea of what's out there and. You know, we enjoy looking for artifacts and things like that, and there's plenty of plenty of uh, petroglyphs and hieroglyphs, or whatever you want to call them, all around the state. There's a lot more than you might think. Um, I never knew this, but put into Google elk petroglyph Nevada, and as far as I can tell, there's literally exactly one, <laughs> and it's crazy because it's way down south. It's like. Uh, Oh, I would have thought it'd be on that Highway 50 on the way to Ely. No, south, where is it? South of Highway 50, <laughs> way down there. Uh, hmm. They call it Mount Irish. Hmm. Mount Irish. It's it's north of Vegas. You know, kind of probably nor- north. What if he was just Overton. a bad artist and it was? It a was supposed to be a sheep or no? Deer or the sheep. You could tell there's tons of sheep all yeah. over the place. I mean, and and talking about petroglyphs, I, I, the more I see of them, I'm thoroughly convinced there's nothing special to them at all. It's kids doodling. You it's think? children. Most of them, I think, are children passing their time by watching their uncles and their dads and their moms do the real stuff because they're, they're pretty they're rough. They're pretty rough. They're pretty cartoonish. Well, right? But also they did them with rock. Yeah, rock on rock. I, you know, you could, you could say here's, here's a hunter, you know, a 25-year-old hunter that's out there, you know, waiting for animals to pass by, waiting, waiting for the hunt to happen, and they got to pass time, and they're, they're scratching on a rock, but... I'm sure quite a few of them. There's not as I much, would get their probably kids. Yeah, there's 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 or, not as much to them as uh, you know. They're trying to figure out you know were these aliens or were these were these symbols were these because there are some that that are calendars. They were marking off days and trying to figure out the seasons. I've always um, but, took it as them not having paper and books and right. ways to write things down is marking their history. history. I think I, I'm not saying across the board all of it, but. There's the ones where you look at it and go, God, I wonder what it, it, kid doodling. Same with an arrowhead. Get a ten-year-old make you find a goofy-ass bent arrowhead. Practicing, practicing <laughs> a young, yeah, the young, young people uh, in the tribe. Sure, practicing. I do like though that you know when you go down to like by Vegas in that Valley of Fire, you know that there are some cool stuff, you know, cool petroglyphs there that, uh, yeah, I think is like chrono, you know, chronicling everybody whatever their history down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of sheep down there, right? A lot of sheep. Petrol. A lot of sheep, a lot of swirls, yep. uh, you know, stuff like that. that and what's the, what's the swirl? I don't know. What's the, because there are actually not too far. Snakes? Towards where this, this petroglyph is. No, there's snakes down in. Snakes. Yeah. But the swirls are different. I wouldn't say they're swirls, would you? There's swirls. There's, I know. Or I'm not, saying, I'm not, the swirls wouldn't be snakes, I wouldn't think, down there. I don't no, know. Because no. they kind of have a snake petroglyph, too. And then you kind of wonder the the religion, you know, aspect right. of it or spirituality of it is some of that stuff. I don't really know what the coils are. This um, the down in Vegas, they do a lot of these like boxed. They almost look like a window too. That that whole wall, if you, if you zoomed in, it, there's all those like windows, which is weird. Yeah. There's definitely like some alien like looking stuff, like or maybe just 
bad artists you know someone trying trying to draw a human you know your stick figure shape but they really elongated arms and torsos and stuff like that yeah there's a lot of intrigue too but i thought it'd be cool to kind of bring that into the table because it's you know it's in the the fact that it is an elk petroglyph in nevada it's pretty cool oh dude and so petroglyphs are cool when you when you come across petroglyphs they're cool one it's much most... easier to make a petroglyph with a Dremel tool, let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would it take you about a half a cigar? One yeah, of the most common exactly. geometric motifs is the spiral, painted and carved throughout the world, and yet the symbolic meaning of the spiral is prehistoric art is speculative. Some argue that it may have represented the sun or the portal to a spirit world. Perhaps it represented life itself or life beyond eternity. Hmm. That it just life keeps going and going and going. Sure. I think there's a certain aspect of like of of life to it for sure. Like the seasons, you know, each time well, each that, time that's, the, that the, was one that person. Snowed this one or, person know, says they, for that's for more religious tribes, for actual Native American tribes, the migration symbol swirl, often found at numerous petroglyph sites in the American Southwest, holds significant cultural and historical importance for the Native American tribes of the region. This symbol represents the circular migration patterns of these tribes as they search for their des- and for their destined homes. So it's just their... That's what this says. Anyway. We'll never know. A lot about we'll the unknown. Know. It's intriguing, yeah. I just saw... Uh, what were they talking about? It was... Um, like a sledgehammer is not the right word, but the shape of an elongated sledgehammer they use, you know, I don't know what they used to use it for mining probably, but they found it like encased in this rock with part of its handle still intact and it was metal. So they're saying it's, it it almost throws off the date line of the iron age basically is what they're kind of saying. They're trying to figure it out because the amount of time it would take for a rock to, you know, grow over a, a piece like that or to, you know, whatever calcify around that, like wouldn't wouldn't date correctly to when the Iron Age happened. So a lot of the stuff that they have out there is like here. It's a theory, you know, or, a, sure. a, you know, it's, so that's what they history, fact. Did you see that arrow that Rogan posted? That's what I was going to say. Day? The road. That's no, what I thought you were that talking thing about. Is bad. It, yeah, it's like uh, in Norway. Norway that was arrow? Enc- encased in ice that's melted. They found it. It still had the sinew. The arrow, really? The notch, the metal arrowhead. Yeah, it's a metal arrowhead, yeah. Uh, I think it's bad to the bone. I want to say he said 10,000 years old. Yeah, it's freaking. I could be off on that, but. Oh, wow, I see it now. Pretty cool. Yeah, it has like a wood fletching, huh? Yeah. It's it, all... What that is, actually, it, by by what I saw of it, if you look at that notch on the end of it, that's not a that's not a bow that's and arrow. At-ladle. Yeah, that's, that's a, an like an atlatl type. It's an atlatl, yeah. Which it's was, a, a throwing spear it's like kind a of a thing. like a javelin kind of a throwing mechanism, which predates bow and arrow. So that tells you, which is interesting, right? Because it's, it's metal. metal. So but they, they continue the to use the technology. Used, probably. Yeah, they just that, that that was a pretty efficient way to th- mm-hmm. throw something really hard, and it carried into the metal, into the Iron Age. Crazy. Wow. And or, it's and or it, the or this uh, what was it Norway. It's up there somewhere. Yeah. Or the Norwegians Norway, yeah. had technology, diff- you know, later or earlier than what we know as Native American. Right. Because it didn't really spread. You know, people didn't travel that. <laughs> they, they, they On didn't, boats yeah, or mean, phones or Instagram. You mean if no. I never met a Swede. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the technology of, you know, they learned things differently than North American did at different times, I'd imagine. Certainly iron was... Iron was 
started in on the European continent was yeah. you know they started there before it was in North America right. made its way over on the boats and eventually got into these cultures but yeah you going north like that I mean you think about how cold it is up there and snow covered and I imagine that was pretty brutal living I wish up it was there. snow covered here right now so we can hunt well but instead it's still soon 86. enough yeah. soon enough it's 85 we, degrees we were just still. talking the two weeks right we figure yeah. if we go well, I think we get in a, in a two week window first week october second the i think first the sec- second weekend of october is going to be pretty close to hunting season so you're talking about this eighth and ninth weekend yep well we ain't That's going then what's that what do you uh, o- opening day <laughs> i mean unless we go to o- john's opening day of chucker yeah everything really i mean yeah but all the deer tags are open chucker all that stuff. Yeah. You have to go to John's on that weekend well, if you want to go. Maybe, I, I brought, maybe it's I one week. A, I got him a, one of them Pelican lights that he wants. You did? Yeah. Nice. So, uh, so we'll be welcome. Well, that's the trip we make then. I should text him. Get it back in the good graces for a minute. Yeah, say, hey, I got you this light uh, thing about coming up <laughs> October 8th and 9th. You're going to have dinner <laughs> wonder, ready for us? wonder if I can drop it off and, and hunt for the next couple <laughs> yeah. days. Until that guy and it's, uh, got opening, that waterfowl it's, lease yeah, and can't it's opening, come out. It's opening weekend. We should you know be able to shoot some ducks and geese too right we'll figure we police his property make sure nobody sneaks on <laughs> a couple quail here and there mm-hmm. you could have some fun out on that property we need to mount some scopes we need we got a lot of work to do we I need know. to come out more than once a week i know need mount scopes i'm busy um, not working right now <laughs> <laughs> six millimeter yeah what do you want to use six millimeter and this 243 What's the wood? I want. I think I'm going wood. You think getting beat up? You want to beat it up? I think it'll look cool once it is beat up a little bit. You know what I mean? There's I mean, something about having like a you know a twenty five hundred dollar gun that's got some character to it. I mean, what else are you going to do? Sleep in the well, safe just, and not shoot? Yeah, we can take pictures of it, it. Bring a scabbard. And keep it, keep I, I, it I think it'll cleaner. look cool with a couple little fucking hat. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. Ding dong. Old Western Battle League. You allowed to say that? <laughs> Clay said. Clay said S earlier. We're not really a PG-13 show, but <laughs> try not to drop the F-bomb too much in there. Oh, man. Uh, seen some good sheep going down. Saw a good California for the first time. That, uh, really? I read the article. I haven't seen anything. They had, a, they had the big die-off 15 years ago, and uh, this is in the rubies. One tag, I believe. And I, I, I don't know a lot about what's out there because i've never drawn a tag for a desert or a rocky i've never gone um but they 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 made it seem like it was a pretty dang good uh ram i'm pulling it up here for you boys to look at maybe maybe i saw one picture of it i've seen some good did you of that ram yeah yeah pretty heavy right look nice i haven't i haven't uh Either. and that was the rubies not the east humboldt the, the article i read said uh rubies cool now i can't find it of course but um and then those guys that killed that giant deer that we talked about not too long ago they killed another giant deer 250 i think the mainframe is bigger than the 270 it looks like uh trevor killing some elk killing some elk he got a good one with a bow seven by eight or something like that i don't know anyone with tags so i, I, I don't <laughs> i can't tell you my friends pages. have <laughs> done anything or got anything my uh, my parents have deer tags coming up jim, rifle jim ray's 
son Murphy's got a deer tag in 12, 13, 14. Does he? Rifle? Uh, whatever. Youth tag, I guess, huh? He's a youth still? Two youths? Youths. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's probably his last year. Huh? Probably last yeah. year. Anybody? Uh, what sound like Wade's daughter has an elk tag and a deer tag or something, huh? There was that text going around about rifle calibers and just that I don't yeah I don't know I never saw why though oh I assumed it was because she had some kind of a tag oh I'm trying to trying to get the best caliber for a deer and elk yeah you know, try to buy one gun right settled yeah, on settled was, on a three hundred win it sounds like I saw that it was for those two but I didn't grasp that it was for I don't know Uncle Mel got into something else didn't he but towards the end of it he wanted that six five PRC but uh, no seven PRC it was a seven. He said seven, yeah. I was going to pull it back up. I thought that was an interesting conversation. Uh, well, I thought it was interesting in the fact that, I I mean, I guess I think Wade uh, financially can afford two rifles because I sure would rather have a smaller caliber for, I, I would rather have an antelope deer, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, kind yeah, of a bigger. small, you know, sheep gun. And then I want to, and then a three hundred win for elk, and if you ever draw a bear tag or something like that, but you're you know. just not going to use that gun as often. So yeah. sure, but but the consensus was three hundred WSM, and Mel contemplated that seven PRC. Yeah, which I assume somewhere in the seven millimeter world, and I know he loves the seven millimeter. So that's kind of that new. Did we get a PRC? We got a six five PRC or something, didn't we? Yeah, six five PRC. So no set. We got a seven millimeter regular, but no PRC, I don't right? I think they have a PRC yet. Seven, seven, PRC. seven, seven millimeter rim, which that's what we shot. Well, we didn't. My brother and Frankie shot those antelope with years ago on the show. Remember? And they were what was it? Was seven it? millimeter Remington. You Did know, they? a lot of people have seven MMs. Yeah, seven, but it's in that same thirty out six somewhere between two seventy. Yeah. You know, but flatter shooting, three thirty out six, but faster. You mm-hmm. know, so yeah. I was always thirty out six. Three wins. I guy myself. We were always two seventy. There's that. There was that great divide back then. Ford or Chevy? Yep. Yeah. Thirty out six or two seventy. Chevy Silverado. Yep. Chevy Silverado. <laughs> uh, Classic. So what am I shooting then? What was the wood grain? Is that that six five? Well, I think the wood grain. What kind of scope do you get? 300, 308, 30-06, and 6.5 Creedmoor. I think they're 6.5 Creedmoor is the wood ones. What kind of scope do you get for me? <laughs> Vortex. I don't uh, know. What is it? 10 by? I don't know. We can go look. 300 win for the, the other models are 300 win, 270 win, 6.5 Creedmoor, 308, uh, 243, 7 millimeter. Six millimeter, seven millimeter Remington Magnum, a six millimeter Creedmoor, a six five PRC, and a thirty out six. I do know that I crushed that coyote last year with that two forty three, but might have been a. It was very close, <laughs> but <laughs> might have been a might have been a touch touch uh, heavy for that kind of hunting. Just need the to style of hunting that we do. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to get them to within, you know, sixty yards. 243 was a little hot. Speaking of coyote hunting, I got cash licking my arm. We usually have Waylon in here. Where's Waylon today? Home. Home. I spent another 350 bucks on my French bulldog today at the dermatologist. <laughs> then he promptly went home and had about a four-minute seizure on the ground. Really? Yeah. How old is he? Five. Wow. 
those little dogs. Yeah. They're Flat nose. They're cool until they, you get a $1,000 month oh vet bill. God. <laughs> I, I sent Clay an Instagram video of a French bulldog retrieving a dove. I told him I need a little help on my next one. He said one retrieve, he'd need an oxygen mask, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cash was like, what was that? <clears throat> well, two weeks. Yeah. Maybe we cut this show a little short and go mount a scope. Got all the stuff. You have to get your peppers. Yeah, we can look. I don't. I'm pretty sure I have everything. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. What? You can have a. You can have all the accoutrement for the first time. You can have cowboy candy and uh, yeah. carrots. That relish. Peppers, garlic. Yeah, relish. yeah. You might have tipped over your uncle Lavor with them steaks with that stuff on it that first <laughs> night last year. Holy cow! It's pretty good stuff. It's pretty good stuff. Everyone wants. To buy what about it. the hot sauce? Got any batches of that made up? Yeah. That what was that? A pineapple habanero, man. That was good. Got it in the garage. And I will have my trailer back this week. That's what I said. In two weeks. So, I mean, well, we got to get everything go. dialed. You need to come out then. We need to get rifles dialed in, optics dialed in. You help me camo. try on my camo. Camo. I'll try it on. Let's, Alex is going to do a model right now. Okay. Do the underwear. Which way? Where do we start? <laughs> we put the gloves on and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna go mount a scope, and uh, Clint's gonna play with his table a little bit more. And check out the sound on that second generation over. Oh there. yeah, we'll pump the batteries in this uh, Mojo Triple Threat Two. Make sure the old number one still sounds good. We use a combination: the old number one and then a dual. And then you always got to have the Kai Eye and the, uh, some kind of a howl on there just in case. But yeah. uh, Mojo makes a great call. We've been hunting over one for 10 years now probably. Started with the super critters and puppies and all that stuff and hand calls. Longer, and then Longer than 10 years. Yeah, with that <laughs> stuff, longer than 10 years. But then it had to have been about 10 years ago they came out with the double trouble, right? I would think. Original, yeah. And, and it had, was we've had many coyotes oh, yeah. bite the feather, knock oh, yeah. the decoy over, tackle it. Oh yeah. Down in Mexico you got, you know, twelve, thirteen at a time coming in on the thing. <laughs> and we've killed them in Kentucky with it. We've killed them in Colorado with it. Canada, nope. Nevada. Uh no mountain lions in Mexico two, though. Two mountain lions over the top of it, Nevada, bobcats in Mexico with them. All the birds. Crows, hawks, eagles. Badger. Great Pyrenees dogs, badgers, <laughs> uh, cows, antelope, antelope, deer, deer. That yeah. was cool when the fawn uh, came running. Yeah, or the mom. Came we haven't killed running. those animals. We don't over. kill all we, those things, but they have. come to it. Yeah. The birds, the, the the birds are the funniest, man, because they get fooled by that feather. Everything gets fooled by the feather up top, but the birds especially get fooled by it they come bombing in you know and they want to grab whatever's on the ground just like everything else i guess but it's cool to see you know when you see those big hawks and eagles up close because they're coming into your call it's pretty cool maybe not cooler than a mountain lion or a bobcat or the badger's pretty unique that's never happened again no one timer uh i mean there's guys that call another badger remember uh at um where you killed your antelope when I was shaking up there north. You did. That, we went over that backside. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Foxes. With, uh, 
We've had them all come in there. So if you're in the market, check one out. $239 MSRP. Is that what it is? I, didn't look. I looked it right up online. And uh, we'll catch y'all next week. See you. Another week closer to the hunt season.